This is Angry Bob, the man with the industrial dick, coming at you loud and clear on WAR Radio. Rise and shine, folks. It's a beautiful day. Just look at that sky. It's a work of art. Nature never knew colors like that. And a friendly reminder, when you look at it, be sure to wear your shades. The radiation counts way up, and the heat wave ain't expected to let up either. Weather control tell us it'll probably hit 110 downtown before nightfall. As for the good news, there is no fucking good news. So let's rock with one of our golden oldies. Welcome back to Queer Horror Cult. We are going strong still. Hell yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, although I suppose, uh, you know, our current cultural climate is seemingly starting to uh, inform the movies we're watching. Just a little. Just a little bit. You might say that. Yeah. Because uh, this week we are talking about movies set after the bomb, nuclear holocaust movies, the world is a fuck 666. We're doing movies to do with that. It's a bit bleak, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we started out with, like, about as bleak as it gets, and then things just got progressively goofier. That's true, that's true. We ended on a lighter note, which we was We did, but we started on good. a very heavy one. What did we start with? We started with Threads. Oh, yes, the British TV movie, Threads, from 1984. Oh, that was a doozy. Yeah. 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 I think, um, do you want to give some background about Threads yeah, as a TV sure. movie? I learned all of sure. this from you. <laughs> okay, so Threads, 1984, like I said, came out. It was a TV movie in England. Like BBC? Yeah, BBC, presumably. Uh, BBC does well, BBC everything. BBC was involved, at least. Yeah. So. But it was done as sort of a pseudo-documentary about what would happen if a nuclear bomb was dropped on Sheffield. Yeah, like a hypothetical documentary. Yeah, it's just like, all right. The bomb has dropped, it's blown up, right on Sheffield, and yikes. This is this is your life now. This is humanity. And it just goes through in vivid detail the various stages. Like, at this point, the radiation's killing you. At this point, you know, famine is striking. At this point, there's a nuclear winter going on. And it's just... It's a very grim picture. Yeah, that, that's yeah, for sure. Um, I remember... Because uh, Severn Films put this out. They nicely restored it, put it out on Blu-ray uh, last year. And I remember when around when it came out, the movie started cropping up on a bunch of lists for, like, best end-of-the-world movies, uh, <laughs> most depressing movies. Most traumatizing and movies. And um, because this, for especially for a TV movie, it does not hold back with... No, it does not. It's like, all right... There was a nuclear explosion. Quick, let's have a montage of burning bodies. All right, let's show people with their faces melting off, throwing up, and then have a very serene-sounding voiceover going, Ah, yes, radiation poisoning is killing you. (laughs) By this time, the rats would be out. And I remember one of our friends when this, I think when it was about, when Threads was either just released or it was about to be released, um shared like a vice article or something with us talking about this movie that was infamous for traumatizing a generation of youths mm-hmm. or something in yep. britain and so it was sort of notorious for that but had largely been forgotten i guess yeah yeah because um well you know this would have been uh this would have come out as a tv movie no mm-hmm. less but at sort of the dawn of the popularization of home video mm-hmm. and so there's not it's probably on VHS somewhere, but there was not right. a lot of uh, access necessarily. Like kind of one of those sort of forgotten movies. Um, so it was really nice that it got a reappraisal, and then it was um, it was nice up until we watched it. <laughs> like, don't yeah. get me wrong, I liked this movie, but mm-hmm. but I definitely like went to bed that night, you know, dicking around on my phone on lifehacker.com, reading about what to do in the event of nuclear fallout. 
Yeah. Um, it <laughs> definitely like brings that, that uh, wonder up. But that's just it, because this came out during um, the Cold War. Like, mm-hmm. this was... Uh, they A couple decades before would have been the Cuban Missile Crisis, but yeah. this would have been still during the... Uh, during all this brinksmanship and yeah. mutually assured destruction and this threat of these two powers that various places are aligning with, but are really also at the mercy of. Yes. So seeing this documentary about this come up on TV where it's like, oh, this is actually a potential fact of life. Mm-hmm. I could see that really getting you right in the gut. Yeah, you know, it'd be, it would be like if, if they, I, I imagine the equivalent I could think of today, not to say that there aren't people who are fr- still freaking out about like nuclear events potentially happening. Like, I don't know, all this stuff about China and North Korea and blah, it's like, just just stop and ask yourself. What is the one country that has ever actually used nuclear weapons mm-hmm. on another? And then ask yourself who the real threat is here. Mm. But that that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all you're going to uh, say. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't foresee it. it. It's it's not at the top of my radar. Like, I was definitely like, oh, you know, it's good to know. Yeah, go inside and, like, have a shower and blow your nose and wipe your ears out and get all the the fallout dust off of you as best you can and take off your clothes and put them in a bag and keep them as far away from you as possible. And it's good to know that within, I think it said, if you can even wait, like, an hour or two to go outside, something like 80% of the radioactivity will be decreased or gone because it decays so fast mm-hmm. and then by two weeks it's at less than one percent of the radioactivity of when the bomb actually goes off yeah so good to know because that sh- sh- shit sounds scary yeah. i was like would anyone last that long it's like oh okay i guess it's reasonable to believe maybe they would if they could stay out of the the blast and yeah. the fallout of the immediate math aftermath but anyway i don't know this the, so i i think had i seen it in the context of that where that was a real threat then yeah, I would have been in therapy after, or I would have bring. I would have already been in therapy. I would have brought it up in therapy. <laughs> no, the equivalent I, I would see of this would be like if they did a very realistic, uh, they being BBC or whoever, very realistic um, hypothetical documentary about like climate crisis. Yeah, and the yeah just the climate collapse and influx of climate refugees and how the military, especially in the global north, is going to exploit and or treat that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that would scare the shit out of me, because I'm, I'm already fucking, like, distraught about that. Yeah. So to actually have it enacted in a believable way would be horrifying. Yeah. And enacted in in um, in, the, in this documentary form, not, not just enacted in real life as it is unfolding right. in front of us. But it's amazing how much of this movie is still relevant mm-hmm. today. Like, uh... In the build-up, because the movie does the pseudo-documentary, but it also follows these uh, people's lives, mm-hmm. like sort of like the working class of Sheffield uh, as they go about their life with this threat of nuclear destruction just sort of like lingering in the background with the news broadcasts. Yeah. And the way that's set up, it feels too familiar, even though it was like 1984, where like America's after iran yeah and... like 99 percent of it is 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 about things happening in iran and it's like it's mm. still fucking happening yep so yeah i know i don't know i i just i see the countries that are supposedly enemies or foes or whatever you want to call them that do have nuclear arsenals like for example the democratic people's republic of korea also mm-hmm. known as north korea it's like when you see the way what's happening to iran it's like, no shit they have nukes. Mm-hmm. This is their one form of self-defense to keep from being either completely intervened upon or just wiped off the map. Mm-hmm. So, like, no fucking wonder. And I cannot say I blame them. Yeah. If that's the one thing that's keeping them from having the, you know, Korean War 2.0 that just an absurdly high number of people were killed. Well, that threads for you, like, yeah. mutually assured destruction exactly. is uh, how is the name of the game, but that's threads. Like, when the bombs drop, they have these reports talking about how Russia bombed this, America bombed that, bombs were shot, like, at each other, and everyone was just wiped just kind the of thing. atmosphere, yeah. So this is basically just that mutually assured destruction, if taken to the... Uh, to the to the end, to yeah, the mutually yeah. assured destruction. <laughs> not just the the, the yeah, the cross the finish it, line. But, there. Yeah, exactly. It's not just the, using the threat of it to prevent action, but straight up like 
when the action fails to be prevented and it's enacted mm-hmm. and reaches its logical conclusion. So why we wanted to talk about this on a horror movie podcast is, well, it's, it's horrifying. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it takes a very different approach to sort of the typical movies we we talk about mm-hmm. because even though there is a bit of a narrative going on throughout the movie and we see different groups of survivors as time progresses and their numbers dwindle, it's not set up in the strictly narrative sense that say like if there was a, I don't know, a Netflix event series about right. this kind of thing. <laughs> it's just so detached in that mm. clinical way, but not in a way where you don't have empathy for anyone. Yeah, but in that sort of, like, objective documentary. Yeah, it's like that, this yeah. is the cruelty of the world. Yes. Eat it, kind of thing. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that that makes it really horrifying, too, because it's got this like, pseudo-realism to it. Mm, and this this resignation mm-hmm. to that. It's like, yeah, this is uh, very much what could happen. And I, I don't know, a part of, like, there there is that sense that the, you know, the everyday person is powerless to stop it. And they make it, you know, it seem like we're we're at the uh, the mercy of these two superpowers. But at the same time, they are very much siding with one of the two sides. Yeah, it's like, since it is the British perspective, yeah. it is very much allied up with the American yeah. stuff. I definitely heard a lot of comments from you as the news reports. Were, <laughs> it's funny, though, because I feel like that siding with what's presented entirely through the news report. So it's not like it's unrealistic, because mm-hmm. that is how these news stations yeah. would broadcast Absolutely. it. So it didn't strike me as biased in the narrative structure yeah, outside no, this is, of it. This was just, the information being received. Yeah, Absolutely. It, it's like right, um, yeah, the layperson at the time. Yeah. They're our allies, so they, of course, They're were, were going to be like, America's the good guys Yeah, in and this. the USSR are the very, very bad guys. Well, especially during the Cold War. They're the boogeyman, right? Oh, yeah. Well, my sister had a, when she took social studies um, in this, she took, she took it over the summer when she was mm-hmm. in high school at one point, so she wouldn't have to take it during the school year. And um, her teacher wasn't, I think he was a, like a retired teacher. So he was, he was an older gentleman. And uh, he, he talked about growing up during like the Red Scare. And he's like, right. he's, he said that literally he you know walking through the woods on the way home from school you'd be looking over your shoulder for communists you get home you before bed at night you'd look under your bed to make sure there are no communists like literal boogeyman like they they don't you know kids probably don't even know what a communist is or what they stand for but they're just like oh my god they're gonna get us like it was like this literal monstrous like so i'm just like oh man did did you have kids in the ussr being like oh the capitalists are after us yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's a wall street banker over there (laughs) come to your bed there's capitalists like (laughs) They're going to start a small business in your driveway and just bring up the real estate prices and there's nothing you can fucking do because you will be gentrified, gentrified out. out. <laughs> oh. And then Walmart's going to open up and close and then force all the small businesses to close. Well, now I really want to see like a USSR. Like I guarantee they've, they've got to be out there if there oh, are so American. Yeah. Like in America in the 50s, we get the giant bug movies where the giant bugs were just like the thinly veiled metaphor for the communist mm-hmm. scare. Um, yeah. I want to see the USSR version of that. I want Me to see too. the movies they were pumping out. Because they're like, supposedly the king shits of propaganda. Yeah. Everyone knows <laughs> the US is the real po- propaganda queen. But I feel like propaganda is just one of those, like, any so-called superpower is going to churn this shit out. Every, you know? Honestly, like, every government is going to have propaganda. It's just, it's, it depends. Are they, If they're on our side, it's just policy and, mm-hmm. and or fact and or truth. If it's the guys on the other side, it's propaganda. It's brainwashing. So... Yep. No, so much of of what goes on that we point our fingers from the West saying, look at those authoritarians in the East, in the Middle East, in all these places in the world that are so backwards and victims of our sanctions and whatnot. And we turn around and do the exact same shit, just packaged slightly differently. Welcome to Anarchast, our new podcast, where we want to <laughs> we want to really get into the meat of governmental power. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, it's, but it's interesting because it does the documentary thing, but it still does the narrative thing well enough that yeah. I felt there was a bit of that connection to the characters in this. Like, mm-hmm. it sort of centers on this young couple and their two respective families. Yeah. And just kind of shows what's happening to them as time goes by. Yeah, because the couple, they just found out they're pregnant yeah. right before the bomb drops. Yeah. And they're setting up their new place. They're, you know, they're 
family, respective families don't really are like, well, you know, abortion is an option, right? Like you guys yeah. don't have to just rush into marriage. That was wild to me seeing that thing yeah. because it was just like, I love that where the, where the little boy's like, what's an abortion? <laughs> <laughs> and then he asks his sister, like, what's an abortion? She's like, oh, that's what that, oh, that's what this is about. Yeah. Like, what's an abortion? Was, what's an abortion? Some <laughs> tiny Tim shit going on. <laughs> what? I didn't do anything. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) But it does hit the character beats and has that sort of narrative going on, but not in a typical cinema way. Like, there doesn't feel like any, like, hero story Mm -hmm. and all that. Like No, it's just, like, here are some everyday people that you can likely identify with to some degree. And I'm thinking of one character in particular. There's a part where he's trying to get back to his fiancée. And he's running through the city as, like, the bombs going off and there's smoke everywhere. And it's one of those things where it's just, like, it doesn't feel like the typical, like, oh, this is the guy we're following. He's the hero. He's gonna overcome these hurdles and kind of stuff. It's just, like, oh, their story just got a fucking bomb dropped on it. Literally, And it really plays like that. Yes. Does it ever. Yeah. It's, uh... I do have to say, I do really like that it did, um, specifically have that reproductive angle where... Mm -hmm. You know, she go, goes and being like, oh, we're going to have this baby. Oh, my God. I, like, I can't believe we're doing this. Like, our life's going to change, but it's going to be for the better. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in this you know, this radioactive situation, how she has that meltdown and is just like, I don't want the baby anymore. Like, I, I, I'm... I, like she, it, it, she likes it. It's like, I hate this baby. She's like, I'm I hate like... this baby. And, you know, it's it's going to be, like, deformed and fucked up from the radiation. Like, I, yeah. this is, like, the worst thing that could be happening yeah. to me. And, and so I, I think that's... In so many of these disaster issues, that's not something that gets talked about enough. That anxiety of, like, of, well, you said, like, repro- reproduction. Yeah. The kind, you always hear the narrative, like, let's think of zombie movies as yeah. sort of the Hollywood equivalent, where it's like, we have to survive. Someone has to be left. Mm-hmm. And, and all that kind of thing. I will say that I, I thought Dawn of the Dead handled it with a lot more aplomb, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's just like, she she's pregnant, and the first thing someone asks is like, do you want to abort it? I know how. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that you... you need to know in those circumstances mm-hmm. really because you know there are going to be fucking roving games gangs of rapists mm-hmm. you know they're like there i mean i don't know i i just think of well there's already roving gangs of rapists exactly. like let's be real exactly that's... but it, when you throw things into into crisis like that it's even more so like look at mm-hmm. war zones, absolutely look at, like it's just it's it's going to happen that's why i'm just it, like if the, the apocalypse facade happens, of civility is just washed yeah, away exactly it's like... so it's like the only thing i'm keeping my fallout shelter are like cyanide pills honestly that's fair <laughs> yeah yeah, but, um, what did you say about like like your new take on survival in these? Oh um, yeah, I well because you always have this this like you said that that like, the running we, narrative someone has to so survive. We have to survive for humanity's sake that we we cannot be wiped out. And then I think it was like an interview with Sarah or with Tegan and Sarah, but like Sarah specifically set like some I don't know some question about what would you do in the apocalypse or the zombie apocalypse or whatever survival situation? She's like, I don't know, like fucking die. I don't want to survive. <laughs> like if, if I'm going to be put in that situation, fucking kill me and kill me swiftly. And, and, and then I was like, I don't have to survive. Oh, that's I'm an not, option. <laughs> like legally obligated or morally or ethically obligated either. Like I could just fuck it. Like, so I'm just like, let me be in the blast zone, please. Like just obliterate yeah. me in a nanosecond. I won't know what hit me. Obliterate me, nuke daddy. <laughs> Please, yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna go there, fucking kill me. Mm-hmm. So. Which, uh, oh man, now I have pictured some kind of like comedy of errors type movie <laughs> where some dude who's just like doesn't want to be alive keeps somehow incidentally surviving, like in a Buster Keaton esque scenario oh, where it's be- just like, well, time to jump off this building. And it's like, oh no, I caught some hang glider that some weird dude rigged together to fly to safety and he fell off while you scuffed like yeah we should, we should make that i, I want to see this movie you, you should write that script it's like a <laughs> fucking like baby's day out by <laughs> way of the, the nuclear apocalypse oh my yeah but yeah with the at the reproductive angle um yeah there's this, this necessity of survival but survival at least beyond the generation that is already born and surviving requires being able to carry a pregnancy, mm-hmm. give birth, keep a feet or keep a, keep a you know infant alive, mm-hmm. keep a fetus alive to during pregnancy, but keep a baby alive, and not just that, but like that's a lot of labor to put on mostly cis women. It's going to be well, that we... are probably going to be coerced. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just it, it it's something that we don't talk about, and I don't know. I, there's also because I've been thinking a lot about like. 
um, like reproduction and climate change. And there's this group called Conceivable Future, and they that that's exactly what they deal with it, is this like climate anxiety and this like is it ethical to have kids mm-hmm. in uh, such an uncertain world? Yeah. And these quite and, and not that they have any answers, but they're like trying to create a space for people and especially like women who are struggling with this yeah. or not just women, but like people who people who would be carrying it's like the babies. Exactly. Like, it's like you have to have kids because it's the future generation. You're like, what future? Exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. So it's 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 a struggle. Like I I remember I I think one of the climate reports came out from the UN in the last year and like right before I had a therapy appointment. So like I I was just like crying in my session oh. about it. Like what do I do? And she, she's like oh. and of course my therapist was pregnant at the time. She's like I had no idea. Oh my god. Yeah. And so I was just gonna look at her. I'm like oh awkward. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but then um the next appointment I had with her, she was like she's like okay I have to tell you this. She said she she was um, having lunch with one of her colleagues that I guess they they would meet up pretty often and then sometimes they'd like discuss some of their cases over lunch and right. stuff and just kind of you know bounce ideas off each other and she's like my colleague said that she had a young woman come in who said exactly the same thing as mm. you and like within like a week of you do, like so it's like yeah it, it's, it's a concern it's a yeah. concern and it's not just me being a paranoid overly self-critical because yeah. you know when i say is it ethical i mean that specifically in terms of my own like i would never tell someone else that you're having I, children yeah. is unethical it's like you know i have very different standards for myself and they are way way higher than I, I, I everybody what, else i get what you mean and not necessarily higher in like a hierarchical kind of mm-hmm. like better like but i'm like way more critical of myself than anybody yeah. else but the movie itself, it even shows, like, there's a part where it's, ju- at a certain point, it has jumped to 10 years yeah. after the bomb has dropped. Yeah. And we see the kids are working, like, you know, like, child labor is back because mm-hmm. there's no one else to do the work. Exactly. And the kids have a hard time communicating. They don't have a proper education at all kind of thing. Like, we well, hear yeah. them talking and they only know some words and their sentence structure is all fucked up and yeah. stuff like that. And their education is they watch whatever videos could be scrounged up like you know mm-hmm. like those science videos when your science teacher in grade school was too fucking hungover to actually teach they'd <laughs> throw one of those videos on yeah a little less hip than bill nye but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Same idea. School bus. yeah same energy <laughs> yeah um and then you have the one woman who tore it right at, sort of at the end there she gives birth and it's like like a misformed stillborn yeah and so that's sort of this ultimate like you know, we're not only destroying the earth, but we're destroying any sense of, like, reproductive justice yeah. of, like, life itself. Oh, man. At that part, I was just, like, wondering myself, is this going to go full eraser head on us with this scene? Like, <laughs> I know. I, I just I just kept thinking of um, Bikini Atoll, which I learned about, you know, I think, I think it, I don't know if, if it's, because they've changed the curriculum so much since I was in high school, and... I don't, and this is just in Canada too. I don't know. Okay, because I like in the states. I, I was all over the place growing up. So I, yeah. But I didn't learn. Okay. I, I had to learn myself. Yeah. So this is a, please enlighten us. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's been so long since I learned about it, so I might have some of the sketchy details. I believe that was a site where the U.S. did some of their nuclear testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in addition to like devastating the area, we have decades later still birth defects. They have something they're called jellyfish babies, which mm. is when a baby comes out and is just like. No bones. Yeah, like like yeah. just just like a sack of like yeah. Like it's it's horrifying mm-hmm. how long lasting this yeah. is, and it's just like unreal. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's what always comes to mind. Cause I remember I remember seeing something talking about like because I knew about bikini at all, and like yeah, well, this happened. It's in the past though, so what can you do about it? And thinking like oh, because that's pretty much what they teach you, right? Because like, history what? never repeats. No, itself. no, no. no. Never first is tragedy and then as far as Marx was wrong. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I was like, I know that name, Bikini Atoll. And then he's like, yeah, jellyfish babies. Mm-hmm. So scary, fucked up shit. Yeah. So that is to say this movie is pretty damn realist. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. That said, I don't know about you, but I fucking highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you're looking for um, a horror, but in a more like existential. Yeah, this yeah. is like up there for existential dread in a really yes (laughs) that you can definitely take into your own life as a not even not necessarily in a metaphorical way but in a literal way if you think we're at we're threatened by nuclear Mm -hmm. destruction but but like you said you know like today think like climate crisis it's like 
same apocalypse, different hat kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I was sort of thinking in the back of my mind, what would the climate crisis version of this movie look like? Depends where you are in the world. Is it flooding? Is it more hurricanes or tornadoes? Is it drought? Is Maybe it, it already exists in the form of Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth. Oh, yeah, there Never you actually go. seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch it in school. But then doing the both sidesism thing, you know, we watch an Inconvenient Truth and we're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh no. And then like the next day they're like, okay, now we're going to watch the Great Global Warming Swindle. And then it's like, oh, so it's so it's bullshit. Let me guess. I already know the answer to this, but Catholic school? Catholic school. Catholic school. Woo! Everyone do a shot. It's Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> the worst drinking game you drink to forget the bullshit that you learned. Learned. Yeah. <laughs> scare, giant scare quotes. Yeah. But that SpongeBob meme where it's like, learned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, shall we move on to less depressing topics? Yeah, I Did suppose. you have more you wanted to say on threads? I don't think so. Okay. I think we covered it. Let's move on to some fun that we had. The mm-hmm. movies did get more fun as it went, so yes. I think it was nice that we watched the bleak king shit of like existential dread first with um, threads. Because uh, after we went to Rats Night of Terror, or as I like to call it, Rats Night of the Rats. <laughs> That's a very fitting title. It's actually Rats Nights of Terror. So the oh, title. Oh, I thought it was one night because I thought the movie took place like no. That's one just night. it. Even in the title, they fucked up because the movie <laughs> takes place in one night. Yeah, that's but why it's, it's like it's it's Night of Terror. It's Nights of Terror. I found that out when I was looking it up. It's to Nights see the of day. Rats. Nights of Rats. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's such a goofy ass movie that I I think Rats Night Nights of Rats is like would be the more fitting title mm-hmm. for it because it sounds just doofy enough well let's put it this way it's directed by bruno mate who is like in the infamy of b grade like capital <laughs> capital b grade italian schlock and written by i think his name's claudio forgot so I, I could be getting that wrong but anyway he wrote troll 2 so, and directed it, I think he... Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Sure did. Actually, he directed parts of this movie, because I guess Bruno mm. Mattei quit or something, <laughs> or, like, he didn't complete it enough, so he went uncredited Uh-oh. as the uh, part-time director. Okay. This fucking movie rules. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this movie in all its inept glory. Yeah, it, it has um has the dialogue alone. Oh, the dialogue is Is amazing. worth watching it for. Like, what? The computer's not working, so the guy just says, this computer needs a swift kick in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are a bunch of one-liners in there that are fantastic. And their their outfits look like fucking Escape from New York style, kind of thing, like mishmash cobbled together. Like, one dude's dressed like a general with like those shoulder pauldron kind of mm. things. Uh, someone else, she was dressed like Vampira, or as I called her, Vampirella. <laughs> <laughs> um, wearing, like, this fucking, like, leather wedgie leotard thing and a <laughs> yeah. cape and a fedora so it was like carmen san diego cosplaying as vampirella <laughs> and um most egregiously of all there is one black character in this and her name is chocolate yeah because they all because most of them have really stupid names like video hey video and like <laughs> and then one guy's just kurt <laughs> <laughs> and then you have and then you have like noah and lilith we've got lucifer and taurus and lilith and kurt yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Kurt. I'm the leader of this group. <laughs> and and chocolate. Fucking chocolate. I she she is played by um Greta Greta mm-hmm. from uh, Demons Fame. Uh, as she puts on her Twitter bio, um that black chick in all the Italian movies. Mm-hmm. And it's uh she's great. I I enjoy seeing her crop up in these movies. I'm pretty sure she's in Shocking Dark as well. Cool. But yeah, so you get these raiders that okay. First, you get this setup that yeah. I was gonna say she gives some background. Yeah, yeah. How about you? You give it. You kick yeah. us off. We get the little um, right up in the beginning, telling us that after or j- during, right before, I don't know the the nuclear uh, in 2015. In 2015, yes. Yeah, sorry. So this already happened at this point. The nuclear war happened. Everyone went underground for hundred years. At least a hundred mm-hmm. years, and um, 
at some point, some people decide to go to the surface and start over, and now they're considered, like, almost separate races. Yeah. And that the underground dwellers... The intellectual underground and the primitive uh, surface dwellers. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, the the undergrounders really... Yeah, they're they're much more sophisticated than Mm -hmm. the the above-ground dwellers. Mm -hmm. So they they see themselves. And, uh, yeah, we we quickly learn why, I guess, because, like... (laughs) They're like a motorbike gang that drives around the desert and they pull up to this warehouse, like this abandoned street. And there's these fucking like shuttered off buildings there. I guess it looks more like a fucking hotel on the top. Like there's this Mm. big saloon style bar by the front entrance, but they pull up and they're like, all right, they're all serious and stuff. It's like, what do you think? It's like, let's check it out. And then they really go, yeah, we're going to check it out, guys. Woo. And they just start cheering and dancing around. And they find like presumably 200 250 year old packages of sh- irradiated sugar and they're like oh it's sugar and they're like cutting open the bag not cutting like, it open biting, biting into this, it oh, yeah, with biting his teeth. into the bags they find and food like, this is apparently the first like big store of food they found in a while so they do bites into the plastic bag and, and just, they just start pouring it all over. like like they, they throw flour at each other they're just oh like god when sugar. they fucking pour flour on chocolate and she just starts dancing going i'm all white i'm, I'm white like you. you yeah <laughs> and she's like this fucking movie is a train wreck <laughs> Oh. Yeah, they're, uh, it makes you wonder how they've survived this long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially because when they're all dancing, celebrating, one of the hardened wastelanders sits back on the bed, and they notice that the uh, one of the beds, because it's a bunch of cots, mm-hmm. they notice the cover's moving. And when they pull it back, there's this half-eaten corpse, like all moldy-looking, covered in rats. And she just starts screaming, like, oh, and it's not just a scream of surprise, but then she keeps screaming and keeps screaming. And then all the other women, none of the men, keep screaming as the men are just like, whoa, what's going on? What are you doing? You've seen a dead body before. But it's like one of those things where it's just like, I would not have guessed they've seen a dead body before yeah. going off the reactions. <laughs> you know, it's like... Maybe they've seen some skeletons in the desert or something. Yeah, it's like, how did they survive the cruelties of the wasteland this long? Mm. Um, because... The entire cast basically plays out like you're almost like you'd expect college kids yeah. stuck in a slasher scenario yes, kind absolutely. of thing. Like, yeah, with the uh, fuck, the part where they're trying to sleep and the two people are just like fucking. Oh god, we got a chopping <laughs> mall flashback yeah. where you, it just shows these people in the car and the camera's just slowly panning over them and you just hear fucking sounds. And then and everyone's eventually, just looking really unimpressed. It cuts to the uh, Lucifer and Lilith just yeah. like boning down in this sleeping bag. And that's probably as deep as the movie gets. Lucifer and Lilith <laughs> fucking. Um, but then the camera pulls back and this dude's on a bed just watching them. And, and he he's like a so foot away and he's so unimpressed. And then they he gets uh, stuck in the sleeping bag. So everyone makes like, fun of him. He's like, get the fuck outside. Like, we don't need to hear this shit. Yeah, we don't like, need to hear or get, see you yeah, guys what fuck. Was it like if you, need to get, if you want to get your rocks off so bad, go do it outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, fine, man. We will. And so they go outside, and he's like a piss baby about. It's like they threw me out. That's not fair. And so I'm they, not in the mood anymore. And so she's just like, "I'll meet you in the mood." And they fuck some more. And then um, he hangs a bunch of dong. He's got this crazy, crazy man bun, and hangs dong a lot. Yeah, and he's yeah, a total piss baby. That it's a funny how the dude who with like a man bun and eyeliner and stuff looks like the least dated out of all yeah, the characters he, he in that seemed, movie. He seemed the, the most contemporary. contemporary yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets all all pissed off because after he gets his nut i guess he wants to keep going and lilith doesn't want to she's like i'm, so, I'm tired like, so he turns into this night. even bigger piss baby and just what? like goes off into the night yeah because first he's saying he's like oh i'm so glad we're together let's let's fuck some more and then she's like no i'm tired and she's and like well fuck you you're he's like, yeah fuck you you're, you women are all the same and like it's yeah. like whoa that was quite the flip there and uh so it's not long after this that rats just your garden variety rats hordes of them Start attacking people by hordes. It's like there's a lot of rats, but it just cuts to a wide angle where there's like a group of rats in the middle of the floor just kind of chilling. And then it cuts to them screaming. And then it cuts back to the group of rats in the middle of the floor chilling and just kind of looking around. And then when it shows the rats actually swarming, it's a pile of plastic rats, like a tidal wave. It's like somebody had like a giant hamper full of them or something and just like chucked them in from off screen. Um, now, guarantee several of these rats probably died making this movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt. So be warned. This yeah. is an Italian movie, and they aren't nice with these rats. So no, while it the does, rats aren't nice to the people. So yeah. while it doesn't go like full cannibal holocaust or anything like that with animal cruelty, it's like if you have a soft spot for animals, 
for ratty even for ratty boys um this might this is a caution but yeah so what we get is people hiding in locked rooms and screaming and saying hilarious dialogue while rats try to kill them and all that and that's pretty much the rest of the running time and mm-hmm. it's fucking hilarious <laughs> Um, what? How do you think this functioned as a post-apocalyptic, post-nuclear movie, though? Because what it's set in two twenty-five A.B. after the bomb, right? Cause because the the Christian calendar ends and the uh, nuclear, the nuclear calendar, calendar begins. begins. <laughs> um, I mean, it functions, but I, it it's not as central to the plot. I don't think the same way it would be mm-hmm. to like Threads, but I don't Absolutely. really think anything we watched is. I picked these movies because it was more, I felt like it was more than just a backdrop mm-hmm. of Apocalypse, and I specifically wanted to do post-nuke movies. Yeah. Uh, so it is there, but yeah, it's not like the focal point. No, it's it, it's easy to, like, I guess forget that that's mm. the setting that they're in. Yeah. Not that you need to be aware of it at all moments. Because it is sort of an isolated kind yeah. of, like, they're running around a spooky abandoned house mm-hmm. kind of thing. I guess, for me, the nuclear stuff comes back mostly when we get to the ending and Mm -hmm. they find out what happened to the people that were originally holed up in this building. And um, they realize that there's undergrounders still out there. And um, this kind of made me think it finally sort of called back to the crawl at the beginning, you know, rather than just be people in goofy post-apocalyptic outfits uh, fighting each other. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I would agree. It's not, like, the nuclear stuff is fun, but it's not, like, a super focal point. It's like a horror movie version of those knockoff Italian Mad Max movies kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good way of putting it. But it's, uh, you know, if you want something along those lines, which I think you you do if you listen to (laughs) to our podcast, it's probably your thing. Um, I definitely recommend it. It's, uh, It's goofy fun. It is goofy fun. And on the note of goofy fun, oh, yeah. we get to our last movie. Oh, yes. What did we watch? We watched Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, goodness. These were all first-time watches for you, weren't yep. they? they? Every last one. Yeah. And, uh, holy shit. <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown is, as, what did you put? It's like, at first you said it was the horniest movie we watched for this since Terror Vision. It's probably way hornier than terror vision (laughs) like we even covered porn and talked about that but this was a hornier movie somehow (laughs) yeah it was oh what did i say i think it it felt like the porn parody of fallout Mm -hmm. it's like a porn parody of fallout yeah like it um, takes place like frogtown makes me think of like if you've played new vegas that the ruins that like the the fiends inhabit just outside of new vegas Itself? It's sort of like a rundown version of like Barter Town from fucking Thunderdome yeah, and shit yeah, like yeah. that. Totally. Um, but yeah, so this was a ridiculous plot. So why don't you go ahead and describe the plot of Mad Max Fury Load? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, really, this this is this is the original Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I we have to say, yeah, um, yeah. There's this this uh, this guy. This, uh, Mr. Maniac. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's Rowdy Roddy Piper. So we got this this very nice and cheery, big, ripped Canadian running around. From, from they, li- of they Live They fame. Live Fame from Winnipeg. He has that in his accent. You hear the way he talks, don't you know? Um, he's, well, that was a little Fargo, but. A little, yeah, and a little exaggerated. But yeah, his name's Sam Hell. <laughs> They keep calling him Hellman. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. Hellman. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, he he's being like interrogated for supposedly sexually assaulting this guy's daughter. But mm. then the, they come in to apprehend him and they're like, yeah, this interrogation is over. She's recanted her story ever since she found out she was pregnant. And the father's dun, dun, like, oh dun. my God. And because I guess it turns out. We get this sort of children of men kind of thing yeah, going on. Yeah, because after, after the bombs, um, ev- most people are infertile yeah and so the fact that you have this guy who's been like as they say he's carrying a loaded weapon <laughs> he is yeah he's been leaving a trail of pregnancies everywhere he goes across the wasteland so just fucking his way across the continent <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he um he is taken into the provisional government authority and and it's a government like the the dude that is originally interrogating him is so pissed off because it's a bunch of women yes he's like there's too many women in this government yes, and, it's because, like, and, and part of what has happened is i guess um with the falling 
birth rate and everything, there's actually more women than there are men now. Yep. So, uh, yeah, too, too, too many broads. Too many broads. And they're all in charge. So, yeah, they, they take him into government custody and he... Is, <laughs> And, like, his dick becomes, like, a property of the state. Yeah, yeah. They, they say that if he signs off on this contract, they'll clear his charges. He doesn't read the contract, of course. They're like, sign here. And he's like, okay. And so he's got this I fucking fuck metal underwear that just it's, say, it's like, like property of the United States government. And it's like, all right, we're going to go out there and you're going to fuck your way through the populace. Anyone who's fertile, you're going to bone down. He's like, oh. But what, can I get to, like, know her first? Like, it, yeah. it, was, it was like that episode of Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> where they go to the, the, the giantess planet. Oh, yeah, the Amazonians. <laughs> yeah, um, the Amazon, yeah, 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 that's that. Um, planet Amazonia. But, yeah, I just love that. When he's, like, wearing the chest he's like, how am I supposed to do my stuff? And they're always like, there's a flap. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also rigged with, like, IED explosives. Yeah, but it's also, a- it's specifically, like, an IED stinger or something. So yeah, if he strays too far away. Or if he pisses the, the boss lady off or something. She then- presses a button on her earring. And it, and like, it- st- Shocks his, his dick. dick. <laughs> so you've got Rowdy Roddy Piper roving the wasteland in this pink fucking station wagon thing. Wearing with a this, chastity belt. Wearing a wearing C4 strap to his dick. <laughs> and he has to go save this... Um, harem of ladies. Harem of fertile, of fertile women. women that, from Frogtown. From Frogtown. And it's like, so it's Fury Road if Mad Max was Canadian and his dick might blow up. And, and, and uh, Immortan Joe was... A frog. A frog, a frog named Count Sodom. <laughs> I thought he was like Mr. Lord, Lord Toad or some shit. It was Count Sodom, Count Sodom. straight <laughs> up. In the dance of three snakes. And oh, oh my god, what a fucking movie. Yeah, a three-dicked Count Sodom. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and so of course everyone wants to bow down with, with Mr. Uh, Mr. Maniac, yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah, we keep calling him Mr. Maniac because he also played the wrestler Mr. Maniac on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, when I when I came out of my mouth, I was like, I have the right guy, right? Like, yeah, I'm not it's right. Mr. Maniac <laughs> loves Mr. Maniac you. Mr. Maniac loves you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all just like, it's Mr. Maniac, and he yeah. loves us, and we love him. <laughs> we do, we do. Rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. Mr. Maniac. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there's wait. a great chainsaw versus dick fight. <laughs> <laughs> versus chesty belt dick fight. Mm-hmm. There's... Um, there's the boss lady is like well versed in the art of eroticism to keep him hard because apparently they need to keep him aroused at all times even though that would be like exhausting yeah and everyone wants to fuck this dude yeah like the armed guard is just like i'm not fertile so let's just bone down on the dl she's like i've heard things about you yeah he's like i could never live up to them she's like you already have daddy (laughs) (laughs) then there's the frog lady who's like the same deal it's just like Mm -hmm. let's get it and so his like solution to having to bone down with this frog lady is to put a fucking sack burlap sack on her he's like oh yeah she's a little kink of mine she's like is this good is this how you like it so bad it's so (laughs) fucking bad Now, this is a New World picture, so this came out of fucking Roger Corman shit. Like, that should kind of say it all. But, yeah. <laughs> um, holy shit, this movie. This movie and, is a gem. and the climax straight up turns into some, like, low, no, not low budget, no budget Fury Road shit. It does. Like, straight yeah, up. Yeah, like the, the encounter in the sort of, like, rock passage where it's like, we'll, we'll lose them in here. Yeah, driving and the rocks as Count Sodom, a.k.a. Morton <laughs> Joe, is just chasing after them. Yeah, they have this this, this harem of ladies that are like, we're pacifists. The meek shall inherit the earth. We can't attack. Yeah. And Fuck. Like, oh, man. Yeah, you have your Furiosa-like characters. You have mm-hmm. your, like... What are they called? The War Boys? Yeah, you have your warboy looking frogmen. But I the um the wit like Furiosa's clan that she comes from, the Vuv Oh fuck. Um like, I'm like Vuvuzela. Nope. Vulvadinia. Nope. <laughs> like all these these words that have either nothing to do with it or actually very not good things keep like Vulvadinia. The Vulcans. The Vulcans, yeah. Yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. Vulvalini, I think. I, I don't remember, so I can't confirm. I think that, but... yeah. Well, because the name, it's it, ha- it has a sort of like vulva sound it's to it. Vulvic. Like, it's, like, it's very vulvic. It's very It's yonic. very yonic, <laughs> yeah. Um, Vulvalini or something. I don't that know. That sounds like... So Italian. That sounds like shit pasta. <laughs> yeah, it does. We're great It's like pasta. the dick pasta that you can get at various stores in Italy, but it's like vulva-shaped pasta. It's a vulvalini. I love it. anyway yeah so it's um it's like oh okay i see so so fury road like copied your homework and got a budget and Mm -hmm. uh made history Mm -hmm. but 
Frogtown walked so Fury Road could run. Exactly. Yes. Um, fuck. I Well, now we're going to have to watch this with your dad when he comes back because he loves Fury Road. Oh, man, we should double feature this. Oh, shit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't we'll, think my sister's... Have they seen Fury Road? I don't know. We'll start watching it a- at around 4.20 and... <laughs> <laughs> Party 425. Down. Yeah, yeah, give us a minute. Have our O. Henry 425 bars. <laughs> um, fuck, this movie is wild. I, I've only seen it once so before. Good. I forgot how much I love this I movie. Love but when I first heard about it, I just heard the premise where it's just like, Rowdy Roddy Piper Get has to fuck his way across the wasteland, otherwise his dick explodes. And it's like, <laughs> and well, I have ladies. to see this movie. Obviously. <laughs> um, it's great. Mm-hmm. Can't recommend enough. I, I'd like recommend this one especially as like hard as I re- as I push sugar cookies. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. oh, I'm it, glad you yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Rats was fun too, but like this one was like next level. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I would put this above Rats as well, but I do have a soft spot for Rats. Mm-hmm. And okay, with that, uh, I guess that'll do us for this week. But wait, there's more. Oh snap! Yeah, we almost forgot to include this. Yeah, we're dumb we were... bitches, but uh, we remembered before this went up. Yeah, before this went up. So here it is. What did we almost forget? We almost forgot 2003's Final Flesh. And it's like totally bonkers that we'd forget this because we quote it like on the daily. Yeah, and it and it's super on brand for us as a recurring porn cast and. Yep. Uh, it, it, it is apocalyptic. You'll you'll read out the beginning crawl yeah, for we'll us. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, and then we can uh, explain a little bit what this gem is. And what it means to us. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the movie starts with a beginning crawl, some text in like this very stylized gothic font. And it says, Deep in the greasiest creases of the internet, there are websites whereupon one can hire professional porn production companies to do the sick and custom bidding of your panting loins dankest yearn executed precisely and splayed on video for your greedily lapping eyes only. Staunchly withholding judgment and questions, they pledge to enact fantasies in earnest and at a price. Naturally, a person known as Vince Chaman, not to be confused with the person who was actually Vernon Chapman, submitted his purest thrills, copyright, to these bewildered sex maritans in four scripts commissioning an eight-part pre-apocalyptic triptych in D minor to test the inadvertent sensual limits of the flesh psyche. What, does not one all, the flesh psyche also has like a registered or a trademark? It does also have a yes. copyright. Copyright, that's it, yeah. So flesh psyche. Flesh psyche. I feel like this is like the next level of and long, purest truths. Long live the new flesh. The new, the purest truths will unlock our flesh. Psyche. We don't care about the flesh of the body anymore. It's the flesh of the psyche. Exactly. So and then um, after this cr- crawl, what does it say? Before the atom bomb? Or no. It, or? Yeah, it says uh, the the atom bomb is about to drop That's or something it, yeah. like that. Yeah. So so it sets it up not not only introducing itself as pre-apocalyptic or. Mm-hmm. Peri-apocalyptic even, but the atom bomb itself is about to drop. Mm -hmm. And that's where we begin. Mm -hmm. Basically, what this movie is, is there's this thing where you can hire porn companies to make your porno. And these are often like DIY. The fact that they're called professional in this one, I think is... A very generous. They are professional because they charge job. money. It yes. is a business. And it's funny because, you know, in 2003, this seems like such a quaint idea. But now so much of porn seems to be made, like sold in the form of clips and made by the like the people starring in them. So it's yeah. it'll, like you can get custom clips so easily from like almost anyone and, it like, seems. And like every company's into this now. Like yeah. I'll just go on to Amazon or I'll say like, Alexa, send me some more porn. And then it'll be like, <laughs> whose butt do you want to see? And but like, like we even <laughs> talked a bit about this in the, in the corpse fucking episode because, you know, got to have por- porn and corpse fucking in every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and about how like people with like necro fetishes will pay top dollar to custom content creators to just like pretend to be dead while they get fucked on camera and they're like it's the best job because i don't have to do anything and i get paid thousands of dollars for just to like pretend to be dead and get fucked <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so yeah but- so I, I will say like 
now in, in the context of, you know, the year of our Lord, 2019, it doesn't seem as like, did you know this exists anymore? It definitely was out there at the time. And, yeah. I even remember when I first, when you first showed this to me and graced my life with it, mm-hmm. it back, what would it have been like 2013? Yeah. Around there. Yeah. Even, even then I was like, oh wow, what a concept. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that is a uh, professional companies that you can hire and you can send your script and you can tell them what you want to happen in your custom porno that they will make for you. So this dude wrote up an experimental, nonsensical, weird script about the apocalypse and split the script into four parts and sent them off to four different custom porn companies and then got the four parts back and assembled them together into a movie. So we're seeing some amateur hour attempt at like a david lynch deepness kind of thing like been well with no money sort of deal done by porn performers and you know <laughs> but porn without fucking yeah because that's... i don't think the script actually has any sex in it it does not but so it's funny to see where you get that sort of like very porny performance coming through like someone shitting their bra- brains out on a toilet but being like oh yeah and like look at you know having your legs spread and looking all sultry at the camera yeah it's like this is not a sexy thing no <laughs> and like the first <laughs> one as you pointed out they're clearly in a hotel room yeah like yeah. <laughs> it's got the the hair dryer thing built into the wall yeah and so you got that total porn aesthetic but yes. it's people reciting the most absurdist dialogue that you could possibly and imagine. Weird shit happening. Yeah. Birthing steaks. Mm-hmm. Naming the Mr. Peterson. <laughs> um, well, there's that part right by the, at the start where the the mom, because it, it's a trio. Yes. Each part is the same characters played by a different group of porn performers. Um, but it's a mom, dad, and daughter. And uh, the mom says, like, I had the weirdest dream last night. I couldn't turn on the water in the shower. And then it cuts to her in the shower. Like, there's a little flashback to her dream. And she grabs a jar that says tears of neglected children and pours it over herself. In a very sexy way. And it's like, yeah. Mm, yeah, that feels so good. And it's just oddball what the fuckeries like that for the entire uh, running time. But it still keeps coming back to this idea of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Like, um, throughout, it seems that it goes off on these weird tangents. Then one of them just will say something like, I don't want to die, or... Or something, and they suddenly snap back to the world is about to end, mm-hmm. and uh, why would God do this to us? Why would like at some points they're like communicating with God? Yeah, he keeps sliding written messages under the door. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they, they, one they, particular this... great moment of that. Yeah, it's it's like they because they at some point they they hypothesize that they're like trapped. In God's, in God's womb? Well, God's is like, you are in my womb. And they're like, well, the womb's kind of close to the stomach. So maybe we can, like, get God to barf us out. And when, they do- when that doesn't work, then they try to trick him into being able to, <laughs> to what, spit boric acid in his face so they can escape through the scars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, uh... Uh, someone pleat cries out how could god let this happen to which someone says hey god i'll let you see me naked if i can see what you look like and he immediately sends back a note that says it's a deal strip <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking weird yeah weird shit like that weird um, fucking movie it's 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 great yeah and why is this one so special to us because in our university of alberta Modern Languages and Cultural Studies, 475 X-rated sex on screen course that we took together. Um, this was what we did our like term presentation on yep. for our class and talked about like po- yeah, porn without fucking and this sort of like porn aesthetic and this need yeah, to like the spectacle of porn yeah, beyond sex. Yeah. If not so beyond sex that sex isn't even a part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is sort of, yeah, this, this is, well, yeah, we just, it's, I don't even remember if it described itself as this, but like porn exploitation. Yeah, this is porn exploitation. Um, I've heard that said before in terms of movies that like have like deal with pornography mm-hmm. or like the world of porn and all that stuff. But like, this is the purest porn exploitation that there is out it there is. because it's just straight up using the medium of 
of low-rent pornography. pornography. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's a whole, like, if you actually stop and think about it, this is, like, a profound cultural text. Yes. That does so many things. And it's even weirder when you get to the DVD, because I did track down a DVD of this. It comes lovingly packaged with a poster, and the poster art, the cover art of this, is actually my personal Twitter background is from that, but it's this mushroom cloud with eyes shooting rainbows and lightning out of them. And so it's, it's very much, like, on brand with our personal, like, shitpost aesthetic. Yeah, very much. But a la 2003. But then it also comes with a little gold foil packet that it looked almost like a condom packet at first, but when you read it, it is Final Flesh branded uh, antiseptic hand gel. So that's <laughs> so thrown thoughtful. in there. And then the DVD itself, it's in four parts, and each part kind of re- is a recurring motif of the previous part. Like, it's it, there's a lot of repetition in mm-hmm. the movie like it always starts with everyone the three of them waking up at their dinner table that's right kind of thing and a lot of there's a lot of um repeated ideas or lines that get crossed throughout all of the different parts and so when we get to the end of the fourth and final segment the dvd loops back to the first segment and so the movie never ends Time. if you turned yeah. it on and just let it go it would keep playing and playing and playing so the whole experience is just really out there. I remember the first time we showed this to a group of people, they all uh, thought it would be great to go and get really high first. And it's it like, probably all would right. Be great. Yeah, that's true. It probably would be. <laughs> we do um, chicken shit at the time. Yeah. <laughs> this was before weed was legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I don't do that shit. No, the Bible tells me not to. Mm-hmm. Hugs, not drugs. Exactly. Nuclear hugs. Hugs with nuclear, nuclear arms. arms. So the apocalypse in this one other than just like being alluded to was there anything apocalyptic about this fucking movie there's sort of a porn apocalypse happening i guess <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's apocalyptic there there there's an i don't know i feel i feel like almost an apocalypse if like any sense of like reason conventional storytelling anything typically involved in like you're a movie or even in a porno that all gets apocalypsed and just Mm -hmm. like apocalypse is now a verb apparently yeah a past tense verb um yeah i don't know it's this explosion of just into like absolute absurdity well if the apocalypse is after the atom bomb is dropped then maybe this porn apocalypse is after the uh the internet bubble bursts Mm. this is like porn once you've kind of ripped it open and just stared into the abyss and yeah. <laughs> stares back. <laughs> stared into yeah. the abyss and the abyss turns out to be a giant gape. Oh fuck. <laughs> stared into the abyss and the abyss is actually goatsy. Well, you just ruined my I'm night. Gonna, I'm gonna stop now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, we couldn't do an episode on nuclear apocalypse stuff without including this movie. And we damn near forgot to include it in our uh, i I think it's because we didn't watch it because we've seen seen, it so many fucking times like i i seen it and then i immediately showed it to you and then we we studied it for a class presented on it and brought it over to a party to we've taken it over to friends so i know i've watched it at least five times yeah yeah. Which is probably more times than is ever necessary, <laughs> but I don't know. I fucking love this weird... Weird fucking movie. <sighs> yeah. I almost said this weird piece of shit, but it's like, but I like it, but... but it's like a polished turd that sh- that you cast in bronze and display proudly on your shelf. Yeah, it's... Yeah, exactly. It's like the turdiness is so... Endearing. Endearing, but yeah, it's... That's what, that's what it's appeals the, all, Yeah, it. it kind of is what's great about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something else, and I I don't know if there's anything else out there like it. Yeah. So it's even what fifteen, sixteen years after the fact. Yeah, it's still wild. just like what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's if you can get a hold of it and have the stomach for it, I guess because it is. You still have like you know the one guy who like tries to whip his dick out at one point and stuff because it's like we make porn and it's like this isn't a porn my dude yeah the dude's just saying their dick in hand and it's just like no one's fucking no one asked yeah, him to like, take his dick out asked it doesn't even appear that this was part of the script he just kind of did it 
And it's just like they tried so, especially that third segment. They try so mm-hmm. hard to make to, to put as much porn in there as they can. And it's like there's, n- there, it's funny how little they can fit in because there yeah. is no room for fucking in this movie. Yeah, and it, and it's certainly there's no room for eroticism either. So it, I, it really strips bare that sort of like, this is what eroticism is. Is this spectacle of like image being there for consumption? This very particular form of community. Like it makes me think of. Um, the lady in Frogtown where she's like, I've been trained in eroticism and does yeah. this weird fucking dance. It's like, like we're so often associate this with like, oh yeah, this is what eroticism is, is this particular this kind of performative. very performative kind very, of. In very particular mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then when you strip it of that and place it in a different context, it's just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is like... Who are we kidding ourselves? Well, I'd like to go back to something that was said last uh, episode. Let's do it. And um, I feel like the the point you made, if sex is cannibalism, then Final Flesh is the post-constipation steamy dump that happens after you have cannibalized sex. Oh, yeah. And maybe you're like... You're being like uh, Justine and kind of like gnawing on your own arm while you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Just to have a little bit of like autoerotic cannibalism in there too. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not top it with that? Yeah. It, yeah. Seem, it seems fitting. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I guess recommendations? Yeah, let's get to it. Um, I'll go first this time. Okay. Uh, I, I brought this one up in passing in our last episode when we were talking about cannibalism. You sure Not that did. it has anything to do with cannibalism, but uh, had to, we were talking in a terms of of rape scenes. So be, be warned, trigger warning, mm-hmm. content warning, whatever you want to call it going into it. It's called Into the Forest. Mm-hmm. It's from 2015. Yep. I believe we looked up beforehand. So this must be like a prequel to Rats, Knights of Terror. Because 2015 be. is when the bomb dropped. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because in this one, it's not it's not nuclear. I couldn't think of any, like, nuclear movies off the top of my head because, well, even going into this episode, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I have really seen much in that way. But this one is more, I guess, a more realistic um, kind of, well, realistic in mm-hmm. terms of, like, the whole when shit hits the fan yes. prepper shit where when, if one day, if the whole network of, like, electricity connectivity everything that we have set up that we take for granted just shut down inexplicably and nobody knows what the fuck is going on what's happening and all of a sudden it's like oh shit we have to like learn how to survive because there are no supermarkets anymore there's no credit cards there's no like anything it's just all gone one day and we don't know what's going on we don't know what to do about it so it's it's post-apocalyptic in that sense where it's not like the literal world ends by being obliterated but the world as we know it ends yes so and it was was, i really liked that one when we watched it it. definitely is an like an interesting take on an apocalypse but yeah like Like a different kind of apocalyptic movie but yeah but not apocalypse like you think of the word yeah yeah and it stars uh ellen page and evan rachel wood bisexual as sisters it's yes it's fantastic um yeah, I want to rewatch that one. I don't mm-hmm. remember it too well, but yeah, I, I think I, I remember like most of the big beats. But I, I would watch it again. In yeah, heartbeat. cool. It's very good, so I recommend it as not just because it's on topic, but also because I actively enjoyed it and I would watch it again. Okay, cool, good stuff. I'm recommending. Uh, I was actually had enough of these movies that we might have to do a part two someday mm-hmm. um, well, we're gonna do fury road sometime because we came up so much it's like listen. yeah but i mean i was talking like specifically nuke <laughs> okay, movies. okay i had a bunch that i could go through and then i remembered one when we were watching hell comes to Frogtown because it's it's kind of bat shit like that excellent it's this movie from 1998 called six string samurai Ooh, this, i like it already okay so it's set in lost vegas <laughs> it's in the 60s the ruskies have already nuked america and Elvis is the king of Las Vegas. And when Elvis dies, everyone's pilgrimaging there to take the throne. Oh. And the main character is this Buddy Holly looking like motherfucker named Buddy with a samurai <laughs> sword and a guitar. And he just goes through the wasteland fighting a bunch of like metalhead war riders and the death himself in a guitar battle and stuff oh, like that. I'm so excited. It's just the most bonkers <laughs> bad like shit. Like having a fiddle fucking, duel it, with the devil. It's like rockabilly low rent <laughs> mad max kind of thing and and you get you get your your like 
New Vegas, insp- I mean, inspiration for New Vegas in there again, arguably, because you, do you remember in Freeside, the, the king? The cult of Elvises yeah, and yeah, the king? Yeah, where they're like, yeah. oh, there's this, like, they find the old Elvis tapes and stuff, and they're like, there's this guy called the king. Yeah. And we don't really know what he was about, but he was the king. Yeah. And so they're like, you have all these Elvis impersonators who don't realize they're Elvis impersonators, yeah. and they think they're just trying to be, like, the king. So. Yeah fucking funny yeah um in this one there is an actual band from russia called the red elvises that play a bunch of wastelanders kind of thing so it's uh i remember being i can't remember if i actually thought this was a good movie or just an absurd movie (laughs) but uh, i am very excited to rewatch it so i'm excited to watch it period cool wow so i guess that'll do it for this week Mm -hmm. um yeah, so how not too bleak. Again, I think the order of things is probably okay. Like but... we didn't leave out end out on threads. Kind no, of thing. thank yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah, good movie, but it's heavy. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, do you feel that this was timely or relevant? <laughs> in, in, in at least a, in terms of like latent anxiety. Yeah, sort of like an existential kind yeah. of way because like i said i i do not see kim jong-un nuking anybody and maybe that's naive of me but yeah i it's it's not a threat that's see is is enough to be on my radar you, you don't feel like that cold war panic like no. that was felt with these i mean don't worry we've got plenty else to panic about exactly so. there's there's so much more pressing things that might actually happen that are actually in the process of happening. So worry about those instead. Yeah, for sure. Well, while we still exist, maybe take a moment to uh, rate our podcast <laughs> on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. Or wherever else. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Horror Cult. Um, we have Facebook too, I guess. Yeah, I, I really use it. Not post on that. Like Facebook. Just, mostly Insta, a little bit of Twitter. That's yeah. that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, till next time. Take it easy and keep it sleazy. Yeah. And uh, stay alive, I guess. Yeah. And self-care, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it can get bleak out there, so can. be very, like, good to yourself while you're being sleazy. Yeah. So emphasis on the take it easy, mm-hmm. but be sleazy in an affirming way. Mm-hmm. Not in a self-destructive way. There you or go. Or a self-harming way. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Mm-hmm.